For more great content, make sure you follow 717 Sports Media on all your podcast listening platforms. Also follow us on social media on Twitter at 717 underscore sports, Facebook and Instagram at 717 Sports Media. We're also checking on our website daily for your daily news and sports videos at 717sportsmedia.com. Coach, doing well. Off a playoff win from basketball, huh? Oh yeah, big playoff win, local local league here, and uh, rush back so we can record. Uh, what a what a week of college football that we have upcoming. And uh, you always say it, but last week, you know, not not so great a slate slate of games ended up being pretty damn good. So um, that was exciting to watch some of those uh, those matchups this weekend. Yeah, I, I, I agree. There were some, there were some um, real interesting games. Um, you know, like Alabama was like, I, I, Alabama and the Georgia both were struggling, and I, I, I couldn't turn away. I was like, the Alabama game was like a train wreck, and like I couldn't turn away. Like I kept watching it, and I was like, I, I had my little YouTube TV, and I had it in like the the four boxes. Like when Ohio State had the big lead, I was just watching. I was watching uh, the Alabama game, the Ohio State game, and then I was watching the Georgia game, and it was like, you know, Georgia kind of struggled, but, you know, that, that happens. And, you know, but, like, Georgia struggled a little bit. Alabama struggled against Michigan struggled a little bit. Florida State struggled for sure. I mean, they, it was like there was some – I mean, but, like, that stuff happens. It's college football. But there, there were some – you know, there wasn't any real big upsets, but there could have been. So. How, about, how, about the, how about the Deion Sanders effect? Did I did I read that that the Colorado Colorado State game broke like an ESPN all time record? Yes. For, for yes. It's crazy. At night, and it ended like two thirty in the morning. So, yeah, uh, probably my favorite. I, I don't know if you read Stuart Mandel. He's my favorite, by far, my favorite college football writer. You know, podcaster. So here you go. The most watched college football games week three. Colorado, Colorado State, nine point three million people, and that didn't that didn't finish till two thirty in the morning. I couldn't make it, but I'm sure. Wow. Number two was Georgia, South Carolina. Three, Tennessee, Florida. So we got that Tennessee, Florida, Florida, big time program. Got a you know they was they kind of had it under control, but still, I mean, South Carolina, Georgia, that's kind of a back and forth game because you know defending national champs, and Colorado, Colorado State outdrew it. Think about how crazy that is. That is that's nuts. That's crazy. And uh, they have a big game this week. They play Oregon, don't they? Colorado does. Yeah, that's on. It was one of our picks. So uh, yeah, it, it, it's it, the Deanna effect is real. I mean, Stuart Mandel also said this. He said, you know, he lives out in California, he, so he said the amount of people usually he's watching. You know, the the late night Pac twelve games. He, usually, him and like a couple sickos watching it. He's like the people that were tweeting out, like Bill Simmons, uh, like all these famous people were watching it. Did you see it? I watched the first like quarter and a half. You see, they had the rock was there. They had all these rappers. And like, I think Mark Jones line was, it's like a BET concert. It was crazy. Yeah, like, I, like, I, like I, you watch game. I watched the, uh, yeah, I watched the, uh, I watched the halftime. Like you said, just couldn't, you see game couldn't day? stay out. Oh yeah, oh, game yeah. day was nuts. Dion comes out, they get the rock out. I mean, I, I thought Dion was unbelievable on game day. I'm like, I'm like, I gotta watch this. It, 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 he's just, it is incredible because it's just so different. And I, I don't see that, that was one of my favorite. Yeah, the last hour of game day, that was one of my favorite. You know, with the Corso. You know, it, it might be time for him to give it up, but man, that guy is just went, went, went. It, He's what college football is all about. You know, I don't agree with a lot of what Herb Street says, but those two have just been great staples on that on that show. Um, it's going to be sad when Corso gives it up, but it's probably time. Um, but, man, that was, that was, that was a great show. That, this was one of my favorite ones. And they showed all the flashbacks, and it was pretty good. Yeah, like Pat McAfee, I think, has added a good element. And, and, and oh, yeah. 
Absolutely. Yeah, I've never really listened to his podcast, but like listening to him on game day, I kind of really like him. And so he's added a good dimension. And like, I think Stanford Steve's been fine as a pick guy. So like, they really haven't missed much with the bear. Um, and then like, I like, uh, you know, I, I just like the, the structure. I mean, I, I, I flip back and forth. I like Fox. I think Fox is good, really good. But I think that, yeah, game day is still solid. It's like, I still love to see the C. I, it's so painful to get to see the coach. So, but I still love him with that. You know, I, you know, I, I was at the gym and I came back and I was watching it and I was making lunch for my family and I, I put it on and I explained to my kids, I was like, this guy picks every game. And he was like, what do you mean they picked the win? And I explained to them, they're like, oh, well, you can see him put a mascot over his head. And then they were like kind of blown away by it. I'm like, this is what this guy does for 400 times. My wife goes, 400 yeah. times? I was like, yeah, think about how crazy that is. He's done this 400 times. She's like, oh my God, I remember when we were in college. I was like, yeah, think about that. And so, like, he just lives and yeah. loves football so much, you know, but it, it is kind of sad. Like, hearing him talk, it's got to be really hard for him. So, yeah. yeah. Well, where are they going to be at? Where are they going to be at this weekend? South Bend. South Bend. Ohio State, yeah. Notre Dame. You ready, buddy? Big guy. I'll be there. I'm ready. I was looking at flights. It's too hard to get there. It's it's not It's not getting there. It's getting home. Which would be it would be a mess. I'll be there. I'm pumped. I can't wait. I you know second time I'll be in that stadium. I mean, that's, when's the next time? When's the, the next time Ohio just, State plays at Notre Dame? Probably not even our uh, lifetime. That's the one of the things I miss about living up north is that getting like North South Bend, getting the Browns games. Like it's just so hard from Jacksonville. No dry flights. I'd yeah, have I'm to driving. Get, like, I'd have to get on two connections to get from Jacksonville to get to South Bend. And that's even – and getting home was a mess. So, yeah, I, 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 don't, I don't blame you. It's tough. I mean, it, it, for me, it's it's a far drive, but, you know, I can I can do it and then make it back in a weekend. Um, it's a lot of driving, but I, I, I honestly don't mind driving by myself because, like, like, I'll drive out there. My buddy's flying in Detroit, but, like, I don't have my wife and kids in the car. Like, they drive me nuts in the car, so I'll be fine. Uh, I'm probably going to listen to the book on the way. All right. There you go. All right, so here we go, Clark. On this show, we're going to do a little game called The Good, The Bad, The Ugly. Mix it up here. And then we're going to have my man from uh, Andrew Cluster from Fox 43. He covers Penn State, but he also covers college football in general. My top ten are our picks this week. We did really good on our picks, by the way. Uh, all right, The Good, The Bad, The Ugly. All right, The Good. Here's go. I got three things for you good. The Pac-12 continues to play well, Clark. Last year's existence. Washington looks good. USC. Oregon and dare I say Colorado? What do you what do you think of the Pac twelve? Washington's gonna be tough to beat. They are they're good. They're a good solid football team. They're well coached. They probably have a Heisman finalist at, at quarterback. Like they're legit good. And, and you don't even have Washington State here. Washington State's not bad either. No, they're not. They're not. Um I was listening to Greg Macro uh, today. He was on the um the Rosillo podcast, and, and he said if he was doing a ranking, he'd have Washington too. He said that they, they've looked the second most impressive all year long. Um, he mm-hmm. said they got some real dudes on the edge at defense. It's not just their offense. They got some dudes on the edge and some dudes in the secondary that can play in the NFL. And then Penix is unreal. He said Penix averages 12 yards uh, a pass attempt where the, the college football average is eight. And they just dial him up. And he was just talking about how good that offensive staff was. And then they got dude, they got two good receivers. I mean, they're really good. Like, they're very they, impressive. They, they were playing the bottom feeders of the Big Ten they Michigan were. State. So. They were, but they've looked good all year. Now we gotta see, you know, gotta see I, when they get. In. Yeah, they haven't played anybody yeah. good yet. I agree. I agree. And, right. then, and then obviously, you know, the last two Oregon, Colorado, we play each other this week. We're gonna see who, who comes out on that on top. That would be that's gonna be a great game. The USC, you know, again, it's gonna be. It's always going to be like this with Lincoln Riley. I think Lincoln Riley will always have good offenses and good quarterbacks. But the question is, can they have a decent defense? And I don't know if they do. They don't look like it, so we'll have to wait and see. I don't want to talk about I don't want to talk about them until they play somebody. Yep. And they play Colorado September 30th. So we'll see. Okay. Next then they one. got Notre Dame the fourth. Notre Dame, October 14th, and then Utah. So we'll know a little bit about them, you know, a couple weeks in October. 
That's in South Bend, right? Don't they go to South Bend, USC? Yep, yep. October 14th. Okay, down your neck of the woods. Billy Napier gets a must-needed win. The fans can calm down a little bit. Big win for him in Florida over Tennessee. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, I didn't know how good Tennessee was, and they did not look very good at all. I mean, that quarterback, and I know he's a Michigan transfer. He's been around Tennessee, what, for two or three years now? Is this his third year at Tennessee or second year? I think it is his third year, right, because not last year, the year before he started the season, and then they got benched for Hooker, and then Hooker started all last year until he got hurt. So this is the third year yeah. in Tennessee. I think he stinks. Yeah, they got man. a freshman they're going to go to at some point, I think. Yeah, so, you know, they're just – you know, Tennessee will be okay, but they didn't play great down the stretch last year, and I know they were going through some injuries. You know, that offense is just so gimmicky. And, you know, they hit – he hit the first play, you know, they went down the drive, they went down, scored a touchdown. I watched that pretty much that whole game. Me and too. Florida pretty much dominated them. I mean, they, they dominated that football game. In the line of scrimmage, really? Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, big win for Nate here. Um, you know, Florida's got, I think, Kentucky, not this week, but next week. So, we'll see a little bit more what Florida has, but you're right. The fans can kind of lay off Napier a little bit. I think the I think the the stakes are probably a little higher now. I think Florida Nation, Gator Nation, are probably looking at six, five to six wins. Now they're probably thinking seven, eight, maybe nine, if they can get Kentucky and like a South Carolina. So you know they they turn it around a little bit. It's a, it's a, it's good to see. I mean, if he goes like eight and four, I think everybody would calm down. He, he's going to have a good recruiting class. So recruiting class is good. And then like I saw one of the kids. That, I saw. I watched. I went to the. Oh, you texted me that. Yeah, yeah. Five-star kid, um, linebacker, outside linebacker, playing running back. I think he ran for like 270 yards and three touchdowns. Just just a beast. Beast. Right now they have the third-best recruiting class in the nation. Georgia's one, Ohio State two, Florida's three. So, like, yeah, if you go eight and four, show some pro- uh, uh, progress, you know, you know, and then, you know, finish with like the third, second or third best recruiting class and then everybody like, okay you got recruiting going he's eight and four hopefully next year we, we build up again we gotta be care we gotta be patient look, look at mike norvell his first two years were a disaster at florida state and he finally got it going at florida state so like you know give give him at least three years to figure it out and i, I think that you know if he goes like eight and four he'll be all right so uh three good we talked about that Dion change college football Okay, right now. All right, Clark, let me just do this with you. Okay, let me ask you this. Right now, seven and a half wins. Over or under? Under? under. under? Okay. Think they're like yeah. seven and five? I don't think. Yeah, I don't think they play. They play six and six, seven and five. They're going to hit a lull here. If you look at their schedule, I mean, listen, they, Nebraska stinks. Um, they really haven't played. They haven't really played anybody. Um, you know, Colorado State, you know, they're not any good. So we'll we'll see here. If you look at their schedule, I mean, they're what, 3-0 now? 3-0. Yeah. So they got to go – they got at Oregon. Loss. Versus USC. Loss. At Arizona State. Toss-up. Versus Stanford, who stinks. They probably oh, win that that's one. A win. Yeah. At UCLA. Probably a loss. Versus Oregon State. Mm, that's gonna be a great that's a great game. Versus Arizona. Win. At Washington State. I think they lose the last two, Washington State and Utah. Yeah, Utah's a tough place to play too. And now they're without Travis Hunter for a while. Yeah, well, so, you know, I think I think you have it about right. You know, they're either going to win seven, eight games. You know, I, I don't see them beating Oregon, USC, UCLA, Oregon State. I mean, listen, that's going to – they won one game last year. And I know that – I'll tell yeah. you what, the quarterback, Sanders, he's legit. I don't know how good Coach Neon is, but I know one thing. His son is a hell of a quarterback. That kid's good. Yeah, you, really you, 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 yeah. Uh, 
Yeah, I agree. Uh, I agree 100%. So. You know, but, you know, hey, 7 5? Are you kidding me? In Colorado, where they've been, haven't been relevant for three years, is impressive. So, yeah. yeah. No, I mean, I would probably, I'd probably say, yeah, I still under, over. I would, I would say eight, eight and four is probably where they're going to finish. You go, you do the schedule game and eight and four. Okay. All right. The bad. I got Alabama struggling at USF. How crazy is that game? They played two quarterbacks. They couldn't move the ball. They couldn't block USF. And USF isn't good. Like, I, I could not believe that. I mean, I know it was raining. It was kind of like a monsoon. But I don't know. They look like well, they didn't even play the best quarterback. They, coach, they didn't play the quarterback that's going to start the rest of the season. It, it's it's crazy. They started Monroe the first couple games. They bench him. They go to Buckner. They go to Simpson. Then they, they don't even play Buckner's Monroe. horrible. And and then they yeah. go back to Monroe. It doesn't make any. Now they're going back to Monroe. They went to the game. They should just play Monroe against them. It's raining. Play the guy that can run. Next, What's yeah, going I, on there? It, it, it's crazy. I don't know, but they, their offensive line is not very good either. They can't even run the ball. Yeah, that's what Greg McEnroe said. Uh, you know, they, their their tackles are horrible. They can't block worth anything, and they don't really have difference makers or receivers. They got a couple good running backs, but they don't have no difference makers or receiver. Uh, and their defenses, you know, played good against USF, but did not the week before. So I don't know what's going on. They look more like an eight and four team. So Ole Miss, Ole Miss, like well, I know they're part of our picks this week, but Ole Miss <laughs> is going to give them a game. They do not look like Alabama. I, if their if their shirt said Arkansas, they won't be a top. They won't be a top twenty five team. Okay, eight and a half wins. You going over or under for Bama? Yeah, it's tough, right? Jesus, man, coach, throwing the throwing the heaters at me. You know, I, I know it's pretty good with these. I I've been gambling enough. I know know this stuff. I'm like, I, I, um, I like, okay, don't they look like an eight nine win team? They don't look like a like a I 10, was just say nine and three. They're nine and three at best. I mean, it's not like USF is some juggernaut. I mean, they won like two games out of like the last twenty five. I mean, they're and, terrible. And, yeah, LSU. I know, like, I'm not a big Mississippi State fan, but LSU took them to the woodshed. LSU looked really good. Yeah. I just yeah. think they had a clunker. Yeah. They had a clunker week one. They had a clunker. They played really bad, and they were missing some guys. And I, like, it would not surprise me at all if LSU goes 11 and 1. You know, uh, I just. I, I, I was thinking that. I was, I was thinking that too, coach, watching that game. I was thought, man, how the hell did they lose to Florida State? Just watching that game, their speed and. and yeah. I mean, we talked about the quarterback didn't play well the first week. He didn't against Florida State. He had some Daniels. He had some some little issues, but um, damn, they looked they looked freaking good. Michigan State, I don't know how, or Mississippi State, I don't know how good they are, right? But yeah, they're not that good. Man, they laid it to them. Well, because Mississippi State them. lost. Remember, Leach passed away. The great late uh, Mike Leach. They promoted the DC, and I don't know. They're like we're like an old Miss. This week we'll play Alabama. Like Ole Miss, like Lane's a good coach. We all know Lane's a good coach. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. Uh, I'd probably take the over coach, 9-3 and three for Yeah, Bama, probably 9-3. But... and three. He's a good enough coach. I mean, obviously, Saban's the best coach ever. So, all right. Uh, I had to still listen. Did you see the Pitt-West Virginia game? Man, Phil Djokovic stunk. He used to be at Notre Dame, remember? And then he went to Boston College. He's coach, horrible. He coach. looked horrible. Yeah. Give me, give me two seconds. Uh, let me give you the um, the stats of the two quarterbacks from the two the stats from three quarterbacks that were in Notre Dame from this past weekend. Tyler Buckner, five for fourteen yards, thirty-four pat, five for fourteen, thirty-four yards, fifteen QBR gets benched versus USF. Drew Pine. My guy Pine, remember how how much I hated him? Terrible. You didn't like any of them. Five, I, I, yeah. five for thirteen, fifty-two yards, two interceptions, two point nine QBR. Loses twenty-nine zero to Fresno State. <laughs> Phil Jakarovic, eight for twenty, eighty-one yards, three interceptions, ten ten point three QBR. Loses to West Virginia seventeen to six. Now you know what I've been talking about. When I've been talking about how bad these Notre Dame quarterbacks are, they stunk. Yeah. Terrible. 
I'm watching him, and I'm like, this guy. If they if they had a quarterback that could have completed any pass, they could have won that game. They like they had no passing game, and then it looked like he had a bad attitude. He's yelling at people. I'm like, this guy is it's horrible. Like what? Not to mention he's like guy? Not to mention he's 25 years old. It's he's not 25, is he? Yeah, this is his sixth year, I think, in college football. I know it's the sixth. He's 23, but still close. When's his birthday? His birthday is November. He'll be 24. Yeah, he'll be 24. I, yeah. Yeah, but how old is Sam Hartman? 20, I think he's 25, isn't he? He's older, like seven uh, NFL starting quarterbacks. He's 24. And it'll be tw- oh, he just turned twenty four, so he's twenty four. So there you go. He's older than uh, yeah, he's older than Trevor Lawrence. He's older than uh, Fields. He's older yeah. than all these guys. Yeah, Stroud, I, I had to throw it- every other guy. Like, yeah, Fisher, he's older. He's older. All right, the next one I said bad. The Big Twelve, man, it looks bad. It, it does not look good outside of Texas, maybe Oklahoma, but there's like just like they they, they look a little down this year. So well. I mean, you got the new teams. You got U- UCF's in there, right? They're Big 12 now. Yeah. Cincinnati. It, it's almost like you're, I'm like, you, UCF is the freaking Big 12? What is going on here? Cincinnati, Big 12? Like, come on. So, look, yeah, you're saying the Big 12, but, you know. Look, really look, 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 Ohio beat Iowa State. Now, Iowa State's doing some gambling stuff, but they beat them. Um, who else? Uh, Miami, Ohio beat Cincinnati. I know Cincinnati just joined. South Alabama took it to Gundy. I don't know what's going on with Gundy. Gundy, Gundy has all these quarterbacks, right? You know, uh, he played. He has three quarterbacks: Gundy, Bowman, and Wrangle. They played all three, and none of them were good. And uh, and then you got it. Just it it was. I mean, even Texas struggled against Wyoming. They did come back and get the win, but you know, I I don't know. I think Texas is good. You know, maybe Oklahoma. Oh, Kansas State lost to Missouri, which Kansas State I think will be all right. But you know, that was a crazy game. Uh, but I think the Big 12's a little down. I think the Pac 12's up, and I think the Big 12's a little down. And you know, that might be right. You might be right. It's like a little transition year. UCF, Cincinnati, all them guys. You know what I mean? It's like it's, it's brand new for them, and they're still trying to play up to that level. Yeah, you kind of got them in the ugly, you know, Cincinnati. I mean, that, them losing to Miami, Ohio, that's a bad, bad loss. Yeah, Miami, Ohio is not that good in the Mac. Yeah. South Alabama. And they got rolled by South Alabama. It wasn't even close. And like Baylor, yeah. Baylor hasn't looked good at all. Uh Baylor won, but you know, the, the previous two weeks they lost, right? They lost to uh they lost to Oregon, right? They lost to Utah 20 to 13 and lost to Texas State. So and then everybody was all about Texas Tech, and Texas Tech is two is 0 and 2, you know. Uh, and who's Texas Tech lost to? They lost to Oregon, and then the week before they lost to Wyoming. So they haven't looked good either. So, yeah, I don't know. It's definitely a little down. You know, I still think it could be, you know, I think eventually it will it'll be kind of a, a, like an entertaining conference, but it's definitely down now. So I don't, I don't see anybody in time. I don't see anybody else making the final four um, out of that other than Texas, right? I mean, that's it. Unless like you or we don't know about Oklahoma, they've played nobody, literally nobody, you know. So yeah. like maybe them, but I don't, I don't know how good Oklahoma is. I mean, I think they're better, but you know they were horrible last year. So maybe this year they're like eight and four, nine and three, maybe. Because look who they played. They played Arkansas State, SMU, and Tulsa, and so they got Cincinnati this week, Iowa State, and then you know got the big showdown with Texas. You know what I mean? So we'll see about them, you know, if they take down Texas, you know. But I think Texas is – Texas looks good. You know, they struggled last week, but then they came back and got the win against Wyoming. You know, you know, I think a huge pet peeve of mine is people who rip on teams that win close games. You know, Clark, it's hard to get these kids up every week. You know, it's like Georgia struggled no. a little bit. You got, you know, Boston College, that was their Super Bowl. They played a great game against Florida State. Oh, they played that one. We didn't talk about that. I mean, they 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 honestly probably could have won. They probably should should have won that game. If they didn't have some dumb penalties, they might have. Yeah, I mean, they. I mean, that the penalties at one point were eleven to zero in favor of Florida State. 
Yeah, yeah. They were gonna punt the ball back to him, have a chance to win it, and then they they got like I think a face mask or a whole they've got a face mask face on the mask. running back, right? Yeah. So of course yeah. they really got lucky to get out of there, but they got the win. So, you know, but like Georgia really struggled. But you know, South Carolina played really well in the first half and they came back to the second half. So Yeah, they just kinda of warmed down the front. That's the you know, that I I, I like watching that game. Just I mean Listen, Rattler's not a bad quarterback. He's not elite, but you know he's top 15, 20 college. Yeah, he's not a bad quarterback. No, 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 he's not. No, and and he, you know, he he just they couldn't do anything up front. You know, they start getting pressure on him, and he retreats backwards. He doesn't he doesn't step up and make the throws. That's his problem. He just keeps going backwards and got gotten some issues, and you know they just got their asses kicked up front the second half. I mean, Georgia pretty much ran the ball right down their throats every possession. Yep. All right, well, why were you on Andrew? Let's do, do my top 10. I, I, by the way, Clark, I want to let you know I did not put Alabama in here. Are you going to yell at me again? And I wouldn't either. That's I wouldn't either. Listen, I, I was a little high. I, you know, we, both gave cre- we both gave credit a little bit too much to uh, our boy Saban. You know, Nick's he's been a staple in the freaking top 10. You know, like, for they, they've been in the top 10 for like the last, like, 15 years. So it was tough to see them out of it last week, but they deserve to be out of it. They, they're not very good. It's a, I didn't change one team because I, I to me it's we'll find out this week you know because Georgia I kept one Florida State I kept two Texas I kept three Michigan four Washington five let's talk about Michigan for a second coach I mean listen they don't I don't want to be anybody. a hater so I'll let you talk about them. I mean they did not look great against Bowling Green that was very lackluster I mean. Wouldn't McNamara had what three picks? Yeah. J- J- oh, McCarthy. JJ McCarthy had three picks. Yeah, he looked McCarthy, bad. They, they looked really bad. McCarthy. Okay. Yeah, McNamara, Iowa. How could you think McCarthy oh. is? He he kind of up and down quarterback. I mean, he looked horrible in that playoff game. He threw awful picks. He played really well against Ohio State. I mean, he balled out against the Buckeyes. But then a lot of times last year he looked like crap. I mean, he's average. Right? Yeah, I think you're right. I mean, I don't think he's a top – I don't think he's a first or second day draft pick in the NFL. Here he is. Let's pause that. Uh, Clark, we got my guy Andrew Calesta. How you doing, buddy? Not too bad. It's football season, a little tiresome, a little repetitive. Everybody loves uh, 12-hour drives to Champaign, Illinois, and – Ten and a half hours back, or whatever it was, I'm not sure. So, wow. Hey, hey. So, so how good has Penn State? How do you think the first three weeks have gone? You know, I know they struggled a little bit, but at the end, from Illinois was a handful for Penn State. You know, Alec kind well, of played up and down that game. What'd you think? I know I'm talking to an Ohio State guy, so let me get this off my chest. I <laughs> before I get into too much ripping on them. One, yes, Ohio State gets ripped because, like, Joel Klatt perfectly nailed it. If you saw Joel Klatt's show this week. Uh, Ohio State gets ripped because, oh, well, you expect so much from them. Yeah, they start at three, and then they're down to four, and then they're down to five or, or whatever. The yeah. You know, if Ohio, State, if Ohio State was tied at 10-10 against Bowling Green, everybody would be freaking out and killing them. But other schools get a pass. And I think, you know, good for Ohio State. They built that up. But their fan base builds that, that up um, incredibly as well. Meanwhile, Penn State, uh, I think, only has three runs over 20 yards. Don't correct me on that. Uh, I don't want to get any Penn State fans mad at me or or Coach Franklin when, like, somebody asks a question, you were really pass-heavy, and James grabs the stats and, like, yeah, we ran the ball more than passing the ball. So um, I'm going off of memory here. I think Penn State only has, like, three runs over 20 yards, I think. Um, they play Delaware in that time. They have Nick Singleton and Catron Allen, which are two of the better backs uh, in the country. So if you only have three plays over 20 yards on – on the in the ground game, let me phrase that: three plays over twenty yards in the ground game, that's kind of a problem. Uh, Penn State has to get that going. Um, you think it's the O line? I, I I don't think it's solely the O line. I you know do I think the O line has played up to their potential and their and their best? No, I don't. But it's also early in the season, so I mean you have time to work those kinks out. Um, I think Olu Fashano, uh, Fashion, excuse me, is the real deal. At left tackle, he's I mean, awesome. I love, watching, I love watching him play down on the field. Like sometimes I get, I catch myself, you know, 
uh, really just focusing on him just because I just like watching him play and, you know, see the ledges and, and just own, own his guys. Um, yeah, I mean, there's a bunch of things. I don't think Penn State's played anywhere close to their potential in their 3-0, which is awesome. Um, I don't think they played particularly well against Illinois. You got five turnovers, and it's a nine-point game and a half. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, right. yeah, the fumble recovery and I think two interceptions in the first half. Um, so three turnovers, great field position. You're only up nine at the break. Um, you know, I thought that was, you know, I'd like to see the offense put up a little more. I think on the edge, they need to get some more production out of the wide receiver going deep. I know Drew missed the guy. Um, Keandre Lambert-Smith missed a shot deep. Uh, Penn State's only, I think, taken two shots over 20 yards through the air downfield so far three games. So I think that has to change. And I think it when James likes to talk about complimentary football and everybody likes to talk about complimentary football, I think, you know, it's almost like the chicken or the egg first. What's going to happen? Is the run game going to loosen up? Uh, or is the pass game taking shots down the field going to loosen up some of these guys in the box? Because, you know, they are facing a lot of guys in the box. Um, you know, things like that. I know right now they're facing a lot of single high coverage. So Drew hasn't, you know, faced the most complex defenses. Uh, but I think the wide receivers got to help help them out, you know, get some more separation and things like that. I know there was a couple drops against Illinois. So there's a lot of things to work out on Penn State, you know. What, Andrew, what do you think the weaknesses of the team? Because I think you hit it right on. I think the wide receivers are probably the the, weak, the weakest position group on that team. Personally. Yeah, I'm going to – can I can I take a line out of uh, Remember the Titans and Coach Boone? When he goes, we're not weak on the left side. We have to get stronger on the left side. I, I don't think Penn State talently is weak at any position. I just think um, it takes time to mold uh, some stuff. Like Caden Saunders um, coming coming across, I, I think, you know, some of it's timing. I think with Drew being in the first-year starting quarterback, I think it, it would come. Um, I am impressed with how he's played composure-wise when things break down. You know, because he's not the most mobile guy. He hasn't thrown one into double coverage yet. I know they're not seeing a lot of double coverage, but he hasn't just lofted one up there when things break down. Um, you know, so, yeah, I think the wide receiver, they, they got to get more timing done. Uh, there was one play, Drew threw it underneath against Illinois on a slant route or an in route, I want to say. I think it was an in route. And if he just waits a couple um, – like a split second, not even, I don't want to say a couple seconds. It's literally a split second. You had a receiver hitting an out and up that was going to be wide open. You know, uh, I was sitting up in a press box. I think it was the third quarter when that happened, tail end of the third quarter. It was after the interception by Johnny Dixon. You know, just stuff like that. I mean, the schedule f- works perfectly for them. They got Iowa at home, ranked game, white out. Uh, schedule does work perfect that they've had time to get all these kinks worked out with a new starting quarterback and a very talented defense to get to Ohio State undefeated. They get, yeah. you, know, you know. They got Iowa, obviously, like we've we discussed, and then Northwestern, which should be a pretty easy win bye week. Then UMass, that's basically another bye week. Mm-hmm. And then you got at Ohio State. So basically yeah. a three-week break before you play the Buckeyes. Yeah, and I, and I got to say, like, you know – when Urban Meyer was at Ohio State, you know, they were putting in a little bit of Michigan every single week. Nick Saban, when Les Miles was coaching at LSU, was putting in a little bit of LSU every single week. After this week, I feel like Penn State's in a position to put in a little bit of Ohio State every single week. Yeah, yeah. Not even a little bit, maybe maybe uh, a little bit more based on who, who they're playing. So, um. Yeah, but a lot of positives come out of Penn State. I, I think everybody, and myself included, were so hyped up on the offensive line based on how they finished last year. You know, when they lose Landon Tangwall and, and things like that. Um, I think people maybe expected a little bit more early on. I think the tackles are playing great. I, I, I think the tackle, Caden Wallace, I think, is playing pretty well as well. So, I, you know, I, I'm not pointing fingers. I just, I just think where the offensive line needs to be stronger – I think is more along the interior. Andrew, I know you're pretty plugged into college football. I know you're a Penn State guy, but who do you think wins, Ohio State, Ohio State or Notre Dame? Uh, who do I think is going to win? I, all right, th- this has nothing to do with 
and you guys know this is how I, I think I try to like bounce things off the wall in like a weird manner. This has nothing to do with the skill level because Marvin Harrison Jr. is scary. You know, it was scary when I watched him at, at uh, Hershey Park Stadium. Uh, he's scary now. Every time I see something trending on Twitter, I'm like, oh, well, something big happened. Um, <laughs> you know, I, j- I believe a lot in like games of destiny and things just happen in the universe for a reason. Like everybody picking, and I know you're going to, we're going to talk about Coach Prime in a little bit. Everybody picking against Dion in week one just felt like Dion's going to win week one. Like that's the way football gods work. Like Phil Mickelson winning the PGA Championship at, down at, you know, the Ocean Course against Brooks Kepka, some old guy hitting, pulling out of the bunker. It's just like Tiger Woods winning at the Masters a couple of years ago. It's like things of destiny. I do think Marcus Freeman, for some reason, this game lines up with like a game of destiny. It's like Jim Trestle playing Penn State in 2005 at Penn State. Ohio State didn't have a chance in that game. Like the way like the stadium was before the game, they didn't have a chance. You know, the way the game played out, yes, they ended up having a chance to win at the end, but you knew Penn State was going to come out and be able to take haymakers and throw haymakers on their own. Like you, you just had that feeling about it when you're in the stadium. And and this game, Notre Dame and Ohio State, I feel like this is that game for Notre Dame. I really do. Okay, wow. All right. And, I'll be and, there, man. And that's awesome. And plus it works out for them because the game's on NBC, correct? Yes. P- Penn State's on CBS. Notre Dame has a history of laying an egg with huge national audiences. So the national audience is going to be siphoned a little bit with Penn State playing at the same time on a network at a night game in a whiteout. So that, again, it's just more good vibes for Notre Dame. A little smaller audience. That will probably become bigger as the game goes up. But uh, I, obviously that's expert analysis on what I think is going to happen. Because <laughs> even when I make picks on any apps on my phone, I go literally by feel and just what I think the universe is telling me to happen. I don't win a lot. <laughs> um, Bye, Clark. Penn State, Iowa, that line's 14 and a half. Too high, just right, too low. What? What is it? I think it's a trap line. I thought when it came out at 10, I thought it was good, and then it got bumped up to 14. And I'm like, oh, man. I'm like, listen, Illinois is not a good – they're a Big Ten team. They're not a good football team. They and lost I get a lot Penn, last year. They lost yeah. a lot of defense last year. They, they lost three guys in the NFL in the second year. First three rounds, right? They all got drafted in the first three rounds, and they lost yeah. their defensive coordinator. And their DBs did not show any fear to Penn State on the edge. Iowa plays just like they're going to be tough up, tough defense, things like that. I was the same, you know, as Denny Green would say, Harrisburg legend, they are who we thought they were. Doesn't matter how bad Iowa is or how good they are. They're literally the same team every single year. Um you know, they got some injuries. They're dinged up. Maybe that's why the line is there. I know the running backs are all dinged and, and stuff like that. Um, but, yeah, so I, I think there's a lot. I, I, I'm i thinking 10 was an appropriate line. Nine and a half, ten and a half. That's that's what I'm thinking. Yeah. So. And Penn State should be favored because talent across the board, Penn State's better. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Hey, yep. how great is Coach Prime Ben, man? This is incredible. We were just talking about the it's ratings. Fun. It's incredible, right? Have you have you seen it's, anything like this in college football where like this guy comes out of nowhere and just is unreal? No, I mean like it, honestly God, it almost takes me back to like late eighties, early nineties, like college football. You know, I almost feel like I'm watching like a thirty for thirty on like the U the U a little bit. And I know that's like like you know what I mean? It's like I almost feel like I'm waiting for Michael Irvin to pop out there and like, yeah, we're we're throwing up the four and we're the first ones to do that and everything. And, you know, he's he's making Colorado like a microwave team. You know, and, and everybody knows I'm a, I'm like an old school, like Joe Paterno type guy. I don't believe in like the flash and kind of everything like that. But yeah, I I'm like buying into like what Dion is saying. And and I know Dion's getting killed for oh well, you ran all these guys out of town. Well, he's playing within the rules that were established by all these people and by what the kids wanted. Like you can't complain when the rules come around to bite you. And like he said on that, I I watched that CBS 60 minute interview and I thought it was great. He said, you know, won one game last year. 
no no game whatever it was you know so yeah he's bringing his own luggage and he's bringing his thing and you know and I do think when he Dion talks, he's being completely honest. I love what he said. He's like, we're not honest with our kids enough in society. Amen to that. Like, it's not all, you know, potpourri and roses out there. So, um, yeah, I mean, he's playing with he's playing within the system. He's doing great. I thought what he said about, you know, the safety and the hit and everything, I thought that was real classy. He's an expert motivator. I don't believe Dion takes offense to every single thing that is said in the media. I think he just takes that and uses it as motivation, but that's how he's been his entire career. He's a master motivator. He's awesome. Um, you know, he's, he's phenomenal. You know, yeah. what did he say before he played the Eagles on Monday night? I'm taking a punt back. First punt, he took it back. Prime time into the end zone. Right, right, you know. right. Yeah. I'm, um, I'm curious. Exciting. I'm curious to see how long this lasts though, because his son is so so freaking good mm -hmm. and i think a lot of that success that they're having is because of the sun it's not so much of Dion coaching yeah so. i mean but he's motivating and he's yeah. got by what by letting his kid play the way he's playing and you know notwithstanding running down the field to confront a safety you know that's more for your offensive linemen maybe linebackers to do um but somebody's gonna follow him well, yeah. it, 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 and he's he's put together a great staff. We talked about this last week, Andrew. Like Sean Lewis is a great offense coordinator, and he might yeah. be gone after this year for another. So he's put together a great staff, and people really want to join him. So, yeah. Um, and, and by the way, I mean, like college towns are great. You know, I mean, no offense to like Ann Arbor or Columbus and like some of these places that are in like larger cities or close to metro areas. You know, why do people like going to Penn State? Because what was that? It was that small nook. It was like beautiful and, and stuff like that. Boulder, Colorado. I mean, it's more. It's one of the most beautiful places in the country for a college campus to be. I mean, yeah, I've never been there. You know. I gotta go. It, it looks so yeah, cool. I mean, yeah. All right, I'm gonna end you on this. A little Penn State. So let's say Penn State wins every game but loses to Michigan and Ohio State. Would this be a uh, how would the fan base feel about Franklin? You know, would there be a, like a lot of people would be disappointed if they went like ten and two and lost those games, or do they gotta get, they gotta win one of them, right? Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm a big believer in you gotta. Yeah, eventually, you gotta win. Like, you gotta win. We're with Ohio State dominating the Big Ten and Michigan dominating recently. Why did? Why is that happening? Well, because Penn State allowed Ohio State off the mat in 2017. Penn State allowed Ohio State off the mat in 2018. You know, you change those games around. We're talking something completely different. Ohio, Penn State, Ohio, Penn State, and Ohio State were not in the same class in 2019, and Penn State gave Ohio State everything they could handle out at the shoe. With they always do. They always do. You know, in 2021, the same thing goes. Give them everything they could handle. It was an inadvertent snap or whatever that. Like I've never seen that happen, but you know, some like weird stuff always happens. But literally in that 2017 game, Penn State got everything going their way. DeAndre Tompkins going up, getting the ball where they're tight. It's like. Remember the play going into the end zone and then yeah. they did a touchdown. Stuff like that was mm -hmm. kind of freaky. I wasn't exactly sure. My, the official in me was actually calling it a touchback. But everything kind of broke that way. The opening kickoff with Saquon, um, you know, eventually you have to go out and win the game. So I'm not – I think there would be disappointment. But, you know, it's not like you're getting pitchforks out. It's just like when is this going to happen? When is this going to happen? Like oh, okay. the talent's you there. I, what do you think of, uh, you know, I, I said last week, I got to give one more on you. With the going to the, you know, with us going to, um, you know, the, the, they're adding the teams next year and they're not playing every year. Does that make, are you okay with Penn State not playing Ohio State every year? No. Okay. No. Penn State, just like, I'm just saying, like right now, uh, Penn State's schedule going into next year should be. Um, an old Big East team followed by a national opponent, followed by a rotation of UCLA paired up with Oregon, Washington paired up with USC, Michigan State, Wisconsin, Michigan, and Ohio State every single year. Whatever's left over, throw somebody else out of the Big Ten, like into that slot. Because my belief, my, my belief is you want to play 
the best teams every single year in your conference. Like yeah. when I look at, um, you know, Florida playing Miami every single year, Florida playing Florida State every single year. And I know Miami's been down and all Florida State's been down, but they're still named programs. And then Florida, and again, this is better on your, like the Spurrier days, playing Tennessee because Tennessee had a pulse. Georgia, you know, it wasn't Georgia of today, but it was still, you know, Mark Rick had and previous Georgia coaches still had Georgia playing football. It's like Alabama playing LSU, Auburn, and playing Tennessee. You know, when you play the best and you, and things like that, that's that's what I like. And I, I think Ohio State, Michigan, and Penn State should play um, every year. I, I just do. I've always wow. thought that. So, and I know Michigan, I, I know they rotated off for two years and stuff like that. And it was Ohio State and Michigan State locked in. But I, I do think like Ohio State should be locked in with Penn State. And Andrew, you weren't at that. You weren't, obviously you were at the game against Illinois, but the Fox broadcast, they hit Ohio State in Michigan. They brought it up. I don't even know how many times I lost count, at least 10. And then I don't think a team probably benefits more from going to the 12-team playoff as much as probably Penn State, because I think they said like seven out of the 12 years, Frank, however long Franklin's been there, they would have been in the playoff at 12 teams. So. Well, 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 yeah, but I mean, I mean, I still go back to this. How many times is it 12? I mean, I get you have a chance to win and knock off number one, number two, number three. Yeah. No, to be honest with you, I, I'm against 12. I, I just am. I'm a big with believer you. in – I'm a big believer in – you know, how many times has a team outside the top four actually had a legit chance, legit chance slash claim to the national championship? And I know, I know, I know it goes even back to the paternal saying like, Hey, we could do a playoff and, and things like that. I mean, it goes, it goes way back. Um, and I know Penn state would, would benefit it, but the argument still becomes the same. It's no matter what. Oh, great. And so you lose to Ohio state and you lose to Michigan and you're in the top 12 and then you go out and you get beat in year one okay, well, you're in the playoff team. Hey, we're that much closer. It comes back another year. You beat Ohio State, you lose to Michigan, you're in the playoff, and you lose in the first round. Well, now it's like, well, we beat Ohio State, we didn't win the playoff game. Well, you still got to win that next – you still got to take take the step. Yes. Yeah, so, next step. And, and my thing is with Penn State, and it's not with Penn State, it's with everybody. It could be Notre Dame or whatever. I know they've been to the playoff, probably shouldn't have because um, they got their doors blown off. But it's like you still have to win the game, you know. So whether it's 12 and you're you're going from 12 and you're trying to win that first-round game to get to eight or however the system's going to work, you know, um, like that – I mean, that's that's just my thought on it. So, yeah, you're making it easy. It's like I'm a Syracuse basketball fan. If, if Syracuse is, you know, a 13 seed under the current format, well, they're not in it when it was 64, you know. Or in a let, like you know what I mean. You're not in the tournament. You're in a playoff game. Don't tell me you're in the tournament because you're in the playoff no, game. I, 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 I agree with you, Andrew. I I don't think it. I really don't think most years is going to change who wins it all because you're still going to have those like last year. You're going to have those yeah. dominant teams. But I think what it does I think is you're going But I think you're going to get the outliers. I really do, and I think that'll be good for college football. I just don't think it's going to be nine, ten, eleven, and twelve are your outliers. I think your outliers are going to be like five to six okay. i think that's what's gonna happen um and who knows that could end up being like some of the current ones that have been dominating under the four because what i do think is going to happen is let's be honest penn state should have been in in 2016 no answer for butts about it they were playing the best football ohio state laid an egg ohio state was a cooked goose at the end of the year they should have been in um and that that's literally a uh, Pete Carroll argument. Well, if we're talking about a playoff in the top four, like w- that he used with USC, like his last year, like, well, what, who would win if we had to do a playoff? And, you know, Penn State was going to be a more competitive team. They they just were. Um, probably more so than Ohio State and Washington in each of their games. So I think you're going to get more flexibility from the people deciding this because they're like, oh, wait, we can bump this school up into the top four. And we'll give like one of the powers that lost, we'll put them down here and they'll have to go on the road. So I do think like, do you understand what I'm saying? Like if an yeah. Alabama's not having a great year, there's not going to be any of that pressure or media bias to put somebody in the top four when they could slide them down a line, even though they're a very good team, they, they just might not deserve it. Because let's be honest, in the history of college football, there are a lot of great teams 
and probably in a lot of years, the best team is not the national championship because they didn't deserve it, but they were probably the best team, if that makes any sense. Well, it's going to be better it than – it's better than having the polls decide and having oh, yeah. the Big Ten and Pac-12, you know, they got to go to the Rolls Bowl. Even though I love that as a kid, I'm just saying, yeah. yeah. So, And they all can right. all keep that. I know the system's going to change, but, yeah, yeah. you know, and just using an example, was Penn State the best team in 1986 or was Miami? I don't know. Penn State was is the national championship. It's an awesome moment, you know, things like that. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I got gotcha. you. All right. Well, thank you so much, Andrew. We gotta have you on again. Uh, good Appreciate luck, you. take care, yeah. buddy. Let, let, I want to give want to give a shout out to Penn State basketball. Make sure you support Mike Rose. All Lemon right, buddy. Nineteen ninety four national champion. Mm-hmm. All right, buddy. Take care. All, All right, right, Andrew. Thank yeah. you. Thank you All so right, much. See ya. Wow, he was awesome. on fire. So, so so knowledgeable. That guy's. He should have his own national show. Yeah. Yeah. He knows his shit. Yeah. Yeah. He he knows his stuff. All right. Let's just skip the top 10. We'll readjust the the, the top 10. It didn't change, right? Your top 10 didn't change. It's going to change this week because Notre Dame is going to be up in the top Yeah, Let's talk about Ohio State Notre Dame a little bit. You know, let's discuss it. Okay. So he said, Andrew said he thinks Notre Dame is going to win, like Team of Destiny stuff. Destiny. Yeah. Do you think – okay, I know it's our picks. But let's just talk about it a little bit because it's a bigger game. It's both our schools. I'll be there. You think Penn, You think Notre Dame pulls it off? It's minus three Ohio State. Who do you think? You think you, – are you feeling the Irish? Uh, no. I think Ohio State's way too talented. Wow. I thought you were going to think you're Irish. You know, from everything I've been reading about Ohio State – is that they're going to have nine guys, nine to ten guys drafted on the first two days of the NFL draft. That means pretty much 50% of their starters on offense and defense are going to play in the NFL. That's that's pretty freaking good. This this could – the only thing that, that I would be scared if I was an Ohio State fan is that McCord, his first true start is a road game at Notre Dame who's a tough opponent in South Bend at night national television that's what i would be worried about and last year with the top three quarterback in columbus the game came down the fourth quarter and we had a quarterback that that is literally so bad he shouldn't be playing division one that was our starter and now we have a guy that's probably going to go down as the top you know top 10 passer of all time in college football so i think there is a chance for this to to get you know their name's way but Ohio State talent wise, it's not even it's not even close. The the most encouraging thing for me this year is their defense is really good. Like they they step now they got doing all the big games, but their defense like Denzel Burke last year struggled at times. He looks like an all American at corner, and their their linebackers are playing at a high level. And their D line they got dudes at D line finally, and like they got uh, Josh Proc talking about six year guy. This is a six year came back and he's playing unreal at free safety. Now, you know, if they played nobody, I'm not saying that, but I'm saying just you could just see their body language. They know what they're doing now, second year in the system. They're flying around and they're just they're 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 much that's the biggest reason why I think Ohio State's gonna beat Notre Dame is their defense is legit. And the, my yeah, biggest the concern my biggest problem, my biggest worry is not I mean you do gotta worry about the quarterback. My my biggest worry is the left tackle. Because Josh Simmons played better last week, but I mean, who cares? Western Kentucky sucks. Josh Simmons has struggled at times this year. You know, what if he goes in the game and he has two or three big holdings? Like he's really last year they had an NFL left tackle, you know, first round pick in Paris Johnson. Like Josh Simmons might be a draft pick in two years. He isn't right now. He has struggled. So I really worry about the left tackle. And you do worry about McCord. Can he play well? I think McCord's a really good quarterback. Um, and I think that they're so talented a receiver. And running back, that they're going to be fine. And I think Ohio State's going to win. I think it's a dogfight. And I think I think it's similar to last year. I think Ohio State pulls away late and they get the win. Uh, but, you know, either way, let's say Ohio State wins by a field goal. Let's say Notre Dame wins by a field goal. Either way, neither team's season's over, right? I mean, if Ohio State goes and wins the rest of their games, Notre Dame wins the rest of their games, they're going to be right there have a chance to make the playoffs, don't you think? I agree, yeah. It, and here's one thing about the game. I think if Notre Dame can get pressure with their front four without having to bring extra guys – that's huge. And yes, listen, it, it, it's not going to shock me if Notre Dame wins this game by any means. But Ohio State does have the best player on the field in Marvin Harrison Jr. The guy's unbelievable. 
he's a freak. If the quarterback class wasn't completely loaded this year, he would be the number one pick. He still might be the number one pick. I could see a team that doesn't need a quarterback trade up to get him. That's how good he is. He's a freak. Yeah, and he's so. a freak. On the other side, Abuka's pretty good, too. He looks like a first-round pick, second-round pick. But they got two legit yeah. receivers. Um, By the way, going back to week one, Coach, I was 5-0. and oh. You were 4-1 and one on our picks. So. Yes, I got um, that on there. You got to get these out so people can take. So what's I know we, we're, we're getting short on time here. Let's go um, hit the games real quick. Yeah. Okay. All right, Florida State at Clemson. Okay. So Florida State two and a half point favorites at Clemson. Who you who do you like? Give me Clemson plus two and a half. I like them to win. They're gonna make it eight in a row. It's been seven in a row. They beat Florida State seven times in a row. Make it eight. Clemson wins. I got FSU. I'm not a believer in Dabo right now. Give me FSU on the road at Clemson. Okay. You writing these down? Yeah, I'm writing them down right now on my phone. Colorado, ah, Oregon. This is a tough one. Oregon's favored by 21. All started. St. Dion keeps it close. I'm going to take Colorado. If it was 21 and a half, give me Oregon minus 21. I think it's a buzzsaw. Wow. Okay. But hey, what do you always say? Who's got the better quarterback, Knicks or Sanders? Knicks is good. Knicks is, Knicks is good. Sanders is a better quarterback. Knicks might be a better college football player right now. Yeah, that's He's fair. a good college football player. Okay, third, Ole Miss at Alabama. Alabama's favored by seven. Seven. Give me Ole Miss plus the seven. I agree. I'm with you. Clark and White are like, Bam- I like uh, Ole Miss. I just – I don't know. I don't know what's going on with Bama. You know, it would not shock me if Lane won this game. At least he's going to keep it within a, a, a touchdown. All right, here we go. Yep. UCLA at Utah. Man, I, I, I actually like UCLA this year. Go ahead. You make the pick first. Uh, UCLA is minus four. Give me UCLA. I mean, I'm sorry. Give me US, Utah. That's what I meant. Utah. Utah minus four. Minus four. I'll take Utah. Yeah, give me the Utes at home. I think they got a freshman quarterback starting UCLA. It's kind of hard for that's not an easy place to play. So no, that's right. It's if it was on if it was at UCLA, it's probably a different story. But at Utah, give me give me the Utes. Here we go. This is a sneaky good game. Oregon State at Washington State. Oregon State's two and a half point favorites. Go ahead, Washington State. Give me Washington State plus two and a half. Wow, Clark, I'm gonna take Oregon State. I really like the way they're playing. I really do. Um, and, and DJs looks decent over there. Now, they haven't played anybody yet, so we'll see. Um, but, yeah, I, I like Oregon State. He's, he still looks slow. He does. Okay, the game we talked about earlier, Iowa at Penn State. It's up to 14 and a half. Oh, my God. What do you think? You agreeing with Andrew? Does Iowa keep it close? Yeah, get, you got to give me Iowa plus 14 and a half. That's just too many points. I'm with you. I think they do as well. Um, I just think that's a lot of points. And, like, Iowa always finds a way to hang hang in these games. Just They keep it close. Um, and, you know, I don't know how they're going to score, but I'm sure they'll figure out something. Uh, anyways. All right. And then Ohio State at Notre Dame. You're going to take Ohio State? You're going to take your Irish? You give me the Irish plus three. They keep it close. Okay. And Clark and D. All right, buddy. I will be there, man. I cannot wait. I'm so excited. Second time I've ever been there. I'm so excited. I'm just going to have a blast. And, you know, hopefully we win. But if we lose, it's going to be a good atmosphere. So it's going to be a fun time. So I'll be back awesome, on here buddy. next week, and I'll give you a recap of my visit and everything. All right. Keep, uh, cheer on those Irish for me. I appreciate <laughs> it. Are they going to treat me well? Oh, absolutely. You'll yeah, they're it. good people there. Last time I went, it was Notre Dame versus Stanford. So I, I wasn't rooting for anybody. I was just there to watch the game. So this time I'm there as the actual visitor fan. And I'm going to be wearing my red. So there you go. Good luck with that. Uh, all right. Well, Clark, thank you so much for jumping in. I know you had a busy night, but I appreciate it. All right. Um, any final shots, talks, anything you want to say? No, dude, I can't wait for this weekend games. Huge, huge slate. Uh, I think it's the most ranked teams playing each other in the regular season since, in like, since like 2006. 
something crazy like that. So it should should be a good weekend. Yeah, it should be. All right, guys, thank you so much for listening. Thank you, Andrew Cluster, you the man. And go Bucks!